This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? It is the Monty Show. A pleasure to be with you. It is Tuesday, June 7th. 2022 and jazz fans are in full panic mode isn't it amazing the conspiracy theories we've never heard before but seemingly now all we get about the jazz are conspiracy theories correct uh we'll try to separate truth from lies you lying we'll talk donovan mitchell today You'll hear from Danny Ainge and Quinn Snyder on the show. Later, we're going to talk about food delivery services and a two-story Taco Bell. More Mexican pizzas. No, that's true. There's a two-story Taco Bell. Why do you need two stories of, you know, Mexican pizza power? I'm going to tell you. Power! Because I'm telling you, Taco Bell is vastly, vastly underrated. Uh Uh-huh. I'm just saying it now. Taco Bell is one of the most underrated fast foods ever. Taco Bell. Damn. I'm just telling you. Is Taco Bell like in your top five? Ever. Ever. Wow. Maybe maybe we should talk about all-time favorite fast food. Yeah, I mean, damn. Because it's got to be there. Mexican pizzas, man, they're back. They are back. So get your facts straight. No, I don't get to eat them often because, well, I'm fat. Right. So, you know, I eat wings and stuff. Right. Wings and Taco Bell. Yeah, I guess we got to talk about a terrible wing story. Such trash last night. We'll get there. We've got to talk about um, the Cut Your Heads Off tour, otherwise known as the LIV tour. The insane amount of money that was offered to Tiger Woods. And he said no. Wait until you hear how much money they offered him. All that coming up. But, of course, without further ado... Let's talk Utah Jazz basketball and all of this. I don't know what noise mess that is surrounding Donovan Mitchell right now and whether or not he's got influence and say and, you know, is he leaving the Jazz? And my question is just right off the get, Jake, how good is Donovan Mitchell? Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's the best player the Jazz have right now, but I don't think he's a superstar in the league. I think that Donovan Mitchell can be. He, I think he has that within him. I think that's, you know, as a player and with his skill set, I think he could grow into that player. But right now, I don't think he is. I think he's a second-tier player. Like, I think guys like Jason Tatum are well ahead of him. I, I think Jalen Brown is ahead of Donovan Mitchell. I think Devin Booker is ahead of Donovan Mitchell. And I think these there's a group of guys that are just one step ahead of him. Now, as I've said on the show several times, I think one thing that always has to be said is that those guys have a lot more to work with than Donovan has to work with. So you put Donovan Mitchell in their position, how good is Donovan Mitchell? It, it kind of makes you wonder. So that's why I say I think we don't truly know just how good Donovan's going to be, mainly because he's just now entering his prime and he's already been to the playoffs several times and he's done a lot of things. So that's why I say I how good is Donovan Mitchell? I think he, I think right now today – he is game-changing good, but I don't think that he's a superstar. He's just not earned that that accolade and, and that respect yet. But I think if you're the Utah Jazz, you 
pretty much want to treat him like one because you don't want him to leave. You don't want the relationship to sour at all. And so you need to treat him really well. And and I would, as I've said many times, if I'm the Jazz and this whole coaching search thing, and even with roster construction maybe, I might just ask his opinion just so he feels heard and so he feels you know validated in his opinions. So, yeah, how good is he? I think if you're the Utah Jazz, he's a superstar. If you're everybody else in the league, he's probably a second-tier player. See, I think he is a superstar, and I think there is no doubt that Donovan Mitchell is the best player the Utah Jazz have. I think there is little doubt that Donovan Mitchell is not even approaching his prime yet as a basketball player. I think I agree with you 100%. Donovan Mitchell's upside is limited by the guys on this roster, and that's why this roster will be significantly different when we get to training camp. And as far as hiring a coach goes, I think you walk a very slippery slope when you ask for the opinions of sheep. And I think it is a mistake for Danny Ainge and Ryan Smith um, to solicit opinions from their roster. Now, having said that, this team is going to be centered around Donovan Mitchell. He better be on board with who they're hiring. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, one of the other things I want to talk about right now is this CAA conspiracy theory. Um, creative artist management. Um is, you know, exactly that. You're managing creative artists and very few people do that better than CAA. Um, and I think when you look at Donovan's agent, he's a CAA basketball player. When you look at Johnny Bryant's agent, he's a CAA client. And when you look at the 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 incestuous nature of the way that deals in the NBA get done, Sure, CAA could be feeding Adrian Wojnarowski stories. Absolutely, they can. Uh, maybe Donovan's agent leaks news. Do you understand how many people would have to be on board with this conspiracy theory to be true? And I'm just not there. I'm not ready to go all in on this idea that Donovan Mitchell's trying to pull strings to make sure that his guy gets hired. And for that to be the case, you would have to believe that Danny Ainge and to a lesser extent, Ryan Smith just have no idea what they're doing mm -hmm. and that they're just going to hire whoever Don's agent tells them to hire. And I just don't buy that. And I'm not going to get into the whys and hows of it. And I think it's ridiculous that the local media in Salt Lake City is completely fabricating a conspiracy theory to damage Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. And I, I, because I think that's what's happening. If we are truth telling on this show, and generally you can count on that, the truth about this CAA conspiracy theory that says Donovan Mitchell's agent leaked a story through Adrian Wojnarowski, a Woj bomb, because who represents Woj? CAA, Creative Artist Agency, represents Adrian Wojnarowski, who leaks a story, supposedly, if you believe this, um, at the behest of Donovan Mitchell's agent, Ty Sullivan, and others. Um, to make it seem that Donovan is is upset and is going to leave the Jazz if they don't hire his guy. He's unnerved was the verbiage. Yeah. I think this is completely ridiculous, and I think it's completely ridiculous that uh, the, the local media here in the, the, the hack fish wrap newspaper ran with it. I think it's embarrassing. I think it is small town, you know, frankly, excuse my French, it's small town bullshit. Yeah. And I think it's small town you know, noise that just is completely unnecessary. Is it plausible? No. Could it have happened? Sure, it could have happened. Do I think it happened? I don't.
Yeah. I think this – and the thing that people forget is Salt Lake City has not been kind. It has not embraced Donovan Mitchell completely. I mean, if you just – you don't even have to go deep into Twitter to find people talking about um, that Donovan Mitchell shouldn't be bringing up critical race theory or being involved in the community. And I just don't understand this. I don't get it. And I'll be honest with you, if Donovan Mitchell leaves, I would not question him one minute. I would not second guess that. I would not even be surprised because Donovan Mitchell deserves better. What has Donovan Mitchell done that is has been worthy of all of this hate and vitriol that he's gotten? Explain that to me. Have they won at the level that we all expected them to? They absolutely have not. The Utah Jazz for the last three years, two specifically, but the last three years have been incredibly disappointing. The loss in the bubble, the loss the last two years, incredibly disappointing. Yeah. Not all of that is on Donovan Mitchell, but he's your best player. He wears a significant amount of the responsibility for that. But they've got to build this roster. And having said that, if they build this roster around Don and they bring in players that complement him and they bring in a coach that is willing to, you know, craft a system to to play to Don's strengths, now it's on Donovan Mitchell. Thanks. But the last three years have not been. And, you know, the thing that really, I, I, I again just wonder, why do so many people in this town have disdain for Donovan Mitchell? I, and Jake, I can't figure it out for the life of me yeah. because he is a, he is an easy guy to like. Mm-hmm. He is an easy guy as a as a fan to root for. Now, I'm not a Jazz fan or particularly a Donovan Mitchell fan, but as somebody that watches every single minute that he plays, um, he's easy to root for. Yeah, but. Why do you think so many people have issues with him? Well, I think I think a lot of the fan base has issues with Donovan Mitchell because I I, I guess it stems from the idea that there's different types of fans and different types of people who all watch the same Utah Jazz team on the floor. And, and what I mean is that you have this dynamic at play where you have your 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 nine to fiver who doesn't have time to follow the team like in depth and like you know be be on the level that that we're on with it. So what do they do? And, and again, I'm not criticizing them, but I, but I think we can all agree this is the reality of life for your average American, for your average Utah, right? Hey, I have my job, I got my kids, I got my family, I'm living life doing my thing. But I've also got a really you know smartphone that we're going to talk about here in probably 45 minutes that I look at four or five hours a day, and so I'm going to see the Bleacher Report thing that you know three weeks ago that said that you know there are rumors that Don wanted to go to Miami. And then in my head, I'm going to think, oh, well, if Don doesn't want to be here, then then he can just leave. And that's what I think those rumors in the fan base for your average Jazz fan build that kind of negative sentiment toward Donovan Mitchell. So that's what happens to your casual fan. I think I think when we look at like the media and the people who cover the team in depth, I think a lot of people that I've seen on Twitter uh, want to tweet about the fact that he's not exactly worked hard on defense or he... He, you know, had had issues with, you know, injury management and, and how the team wanted to go about that. Like, I think a lot of people just choose to pick on the negative side of the conversation towards Donovan Mitchell instead of saying, hey, this guy is one of the major reasons that we're even relevant. If Donovan Mitchell isn't a jazz man, are the jazz even relevant? Are the jazz mm-hmm. a team that, 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 that battled the Nuggets in the bubble? No, they're not. And people forget that. And one day, when Donovan Mitchell is not wearing the note anymore, you're going to remember that real quick. And so that's why I say 
That's why I think a lot of people are like, oh, well, Donovan Mitchell doesn't want to be here. That he, he, he for whatever reason, wants to go to the Knicks because he's from there. It's easy to it's easy to pick on the negative stuff. It's always been easy to do that in life. Instead of putting yourself in his shoes and saying, all right, I still got a couple years on this contract. I got to work my ass off. I know I got a new coach coming in. I know I got new players coming in, and I got to assert my dominance on this team. That's what he's doing. That's well, why you're getting those videos. And I'm curious, I, is it too much to say that, that Donovan Mitchell is underappreciated? Mm. Eh, I think that's probably going too far. I think I think you can never, what I would say about that, I'm not going to indict the fan base for not appreciating them, but I think what we do in sports is we don't appreciate what we have until it's gone. You know, you don't appreciate, like, like LeBron when he first came into the league as a Cleveland Cavalier. Do you think Cavs fans really, truly appreciated what they had in, in LeBron while he was on that team? Or did they appreciate it more when he went to the, to, to the Heat and won multiple championships? That's what I'm talking about. I know that there are tons of kids in our state who are wearing Don's, uh, you know, Adidas shoe and his 45-note jersey. I know that. I see it all the time. But I just think you don't know how good a player like Donovan Mitchell is until he leaves the team. That's the reality of life, whether we're talking sports or or just relationships in general. So, yeah, I think that I think that again, I just think it's a situation where people like to pick on the negative stuff instead of having the mindset of appreciating the positive stuff. Well, I I think I think Donovan has earned the right to, you know, to have influence over what the Jazz do. I think he has performed at a very high level. And again, there's no getting away from the fact that this team has disappointed over the last three years. I think Donovan Mitchell's disappointed over the last three years. But I also don't think there's any doubt that Donovan Mitchell is is going to will himself to a championship. Mm -hmm. I, I have very little doubt about that. Um, if you've watched the show for the last two years specifically, you know um, that I have been saying you've got to build around Don. And that this team is currently built around Rudy Gobert, and I think it's a mistake. But, um, you know, as as this show is titled today, the truth about Donovan Mitchell is he's got a lot of proving to do. He's got a lot of growing to do. He's got a lot of maturing to do. Because I think that probably is the most important trait that we have not yet seen displayed by Donovan Mitchell is maturity. And I think that one of the things that he has to come back to uh, training camp with he's got to he's got to develop and he's got to be a monster an absolute killer an assassin in the mid-range that's got to happen he's got to come back with tenacity and frankly better footwork to be a much better defender than he has been but there is no doubt that Donovan Mitchell is your most talented player there is no doubt that Donovan Mitchell is your most important player and when you talk about selling shoes and selling jerseys there's no doubt that Donovan Mitchell sells tickets sells jerseys sells Adidas basketball shoes there's no doubt about any of that but it's time to win and the truth about Donovan Mitchell is he hasn't won enough the truth about Donovan Mitchell is he hasn't played well enough the truth about Donovan Mitchell is he has not even scratched the surface of his potential yet and if Donovan Mitchell wants to be the the legend that I believe he wants to be in his mind. And if Donovan Mitchell wants that deference, and if Donovan Mitchell wants all the respect, the ball's got to go in the hole, and he's got to play defense.
And if those two things happen at a very high level this coming year, these conversations will be mute. Yeah. But Jazz fan, you better you better write this down. Today on June 7, 20, you know, 2022, you better write this down. You don't appreciate Donovan Mitchell enough. You are you are treating him the exact same way you treated Gordon Hayward, but worse. Because we all remember how mm-hmm. bad and how much vitriol and anger there was for Gordon. Yeah. When he bolted for Boston. But can you blame him? And I'm going to tell you now, if Donovan Mitchell winds up leaving for wherever, pick your favorite rumor that hasn't come true yet. If he leaves the Utah Jazz, my opinion is there's going to be a lot of it that doesn't have to do a single thing with basketball. Mm-hmm. Because these theories around Donovan Mitchell being black in a white town are not altogether untrue. They're not. Because I think Donovan Mitchell, if you read Twitter, if you listen to fans, if you talk to fans the way we do on this show every day, we talk to thousands of people every single day. And I can tell you now that if you read our comments section on YouTube and if you read our Twitter feeds and if you read the Twitter conversation, how many times does critical race theory come up when it comes to Donovan Mitchell? All the time. All the time. And it's ridiculous. He has the right, just like you do, Donovan Mitchell has the right to stand up for the things that he believes in. Thanks. And you know what? We talked about this yesterday, and I'm going to read one of the one of the um, YouTube comments from yesterday, which I don't generally do on the show. I, I, I yeah. We have a healthy dialogue um, that goes on on this show um, on a regular basis. In the comments section, we... we we comment with people all the time. Um, but w- one of the things that's interesting is uh, Blue Rice Inc. eight hours ago said, also, what does race have to do with a coach? Stop being race into this. It had to do with talent, period. Well, I would completely disagree. Yeah. Why did the Lakers hire Darvin Ham? Mm-hmm. Because he's a young black coach and they have a roster full of young mixed with veteran black players and in today's NBA culture I I do believe that the the relatability of the coach to the player is a significant ingredient in the success or failure of that team and I think when you look at Steve Kerr Steve Kerr is a guy that's an older white guy that's coaching young black players but what does he do exceptionally well yep he has empathy he has understanding and he has a respect for his players that is unquestioned. You look at the next head coach of the Utah Jazz. I think it is incredibly important that Donovan Mitchell and every other player that's going to be on this roster relate at a very intimate level with their head coach. Keep it real. And whether it is Jason Kidd and Luka Doncic's relationship, um, Frank Vogel's no longer the head coach of the Lakers and Darvin Ham is because of relationships with his players and management. The next guy that comes into to Salt Lake City, in my opinion, needs to be a young, dynamic thinker. And if, if, if the tea leaves are true and if what I'm being told is true, guys like Johnny Bryant, guys like, look at, look at the names yeah. being mentioned. These are all young, dynamic coaches. And I, if it, 
if it were me, I would give Donovan Mitchell a significant amount, a significant amount of input on who he would like to see as the next head coach. Notice I didn't say a significant amount of decision-making. Right. A significant amount of input. Because if Donovan Mitchell is of value to you, if Donovan Mitchell is a priority to you, and it's pretty clear that he is. They've told Donovan they're going to build around him. Yeah. If if Donovan Mitchell is of that level priority to you, why would you not include him in your coaching search? Yeah. Ask yeah. You, I mean, I feel like that's a that's a pretty simple, straightforward question. If Don is as important to this basketball team as you say he is, and if you are truly all in and you are truly going to build around him, why wouldn't you give him input? Why wouldn't you ask his opinion? Why wouldn't you ask him, well, hey, what do you need from a head coach? And that answer is incredibly important in, in the characters and the traits of the people you're interviewing. And my guess is Donovan Mitchell is not going to say, well, I need a black man as a head coach. I seriously doubt that would be the answer that Donovan would bring. Yeah, I, I think he would bring more of a basketball answer. I think Donovan Mitchell is is Donovan Mitchell's a really intelligent dude, man. Donovan Mitchell doesn't just wake up and and be like, yeah, well, guess it's time to go to the gym. Guess we should just go shoot some hoops today. I mean, this is this is what this guy does, you know. And so I I think for the Jazz, it's whether you think Don's a superstar or not, it doesn't really matter. To be honest with you, for the Utah Jazz, they need to treat him like one. As I've been saying, you need to treat him like gold, and I think that that's what they will do. I think that I agree. He should have input. I I don't think that he should be the guy that you know ultimately makes a decision, but I definitely think he should have input. You know, yeah, ask him what he needs from a, a coach. Ask him who he thinks might be a good fit for the for the team. You know, ask him questions. Bring him in. Let him talk to you. He's the guy that's that's essentially winning you the championships at yeah. the end of the day. So yeah, I think he should have input, but I but I but I really hope that that fans do appreciate what he's done so far. Remember, the guy is only twenty five. It's not like this guy's like thirty three. You know, there's there's a lot of basketball left in front of him, and and hopefully, hopefully that means you know he brings an NBA finals appearance to this organization that's what I think he wants but I don't know I, I again I what has he got three years left on his deal that's three seasons to make something happen and that's and I'm telling you it ain't gonna be this year hopefully it's next year but you start looking at this and you start understanding time isn't getting you know longer it's getting shorter very quickly I I am I am just I will just continue to say it is incredibly important that you understand the position this Jazz team is in. And my struggle has been for some time that I I don't believe that people relate to what, what guys like Donovan Mitchell go through. I don't think people relate to what Rudy Gobert is going through. I don't think people relate to what Joe Ingles went through at the trade deadline. We treat basketball players and, and professional athletes as though they're robots that get hung up in a closet at night. And these guys are all human beings. And I'm telling you, a guy like Joe Ingles, it's devastating to tear your, your ACL at that point in your career. Yeah, it is. It's absolutely devastating to uproot your family, to be traded, um, to to have what you had. And I, I would guess the Jazz perceived a championship was at their fingertips. To have that taken away from you, 
by injury. I can only imagine the pain that Joe Ingles went through that had nothing to do with how much his knee hurt. I look at Rudy Gobert, the absolute failure that Rudy Gobert's season was last year. Because don't forget, it just wasn't the NBA playoffs that he did not succeed in with his team. The Olympic tournament last year was an absolute failure. Yeah. And you look at the frustration that Rudy Gobert went through this past season, and you look at the controversy in the locker room and the chemistry issues and the trade rumors and the the, the pure pressure that comes with signing that kind of contract. It changes you as a human. And you look at Donovan Mitchell. How do you think Donovan Mitchell feels when people are running out stats about that he's not clutch, that you know, he, he doesn't play defense and that he can't talk about critical race theory because nobody wants to hear what you say and the, the shut up and dribble attitude. Do you know how difficult it is to, to have passion for something that is your life's work when you deal with all of this other stuff? Yeah. And you got to understand that, that that's part of the game. And when you, when you then apply that level of empathy to, hey, should Donovan Mitchell have input on the next head coach? Yeah, he should. Yeah. Should Rudy Gobert? No, he shouldn't. What? No, he shouldn't. He should not. Rudy Gobert is, in, in, in my opinion, and again, from what I've heard, and I think we've been pretty spot on with you about the Jazz. I'm telling you, he's going to be a Raptor or a Chicago Bull. Uh, those are the two teams that I was talking to an NBA guy yesterday who was telling me, Hey man, you were absolutely right about Toronto. Yeah. And the problem is they're probably not going to give you what you want. And that's going to have to be a three team trade. That's probably seven players deep, mm -hmm. but I'm telling you, they're going to trade Rudy Gobert in my opinion, from what I've heard and what I've been told. Well, and we've talked about for a long time that that deal is going to be one that, that you're going to have to take something that you don't want to make that deal happen. We've talked about that at length, that, that you know the the first step in sort of moving on from this you know version of the Jazz is moving Rudy's contract off the off the books and 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 there is a price to be paid for that and, yes. and I think that you know that price is is you need to pay it it's that simple like it needs to be paid so as I Are have a, a bloody nose right now randomly. do you really yeah that's weird, a rando dude. bloody nose a rando bloody nose you need to go handle that um. Give me two minutes. We'll see. We'll see how. We'll see how much yeah. gushing happens. We'll see how but, much gushing happens. But again, I, I think I think this town has to readjust itself. And at some point, you know, perhaps that will happen. Yeah. But I do think race plays a very, very prominent role in the way that, that Utah Jazz fans support this team. Honestly, I, I think... When Donovan Mitchell's dunking on people and the Jazz are winning, nobody cares that, you know, he's yeah. he's a black man. Yeah. I think if you if you listen to the reaction um of, you know, look at how how the fan base reacted and and really just the Garden Variety Utah reacted to the scholarship initiative. People were pissed. That the Jazz put forward. Man. I mean, I will again just ask, as we asked back then, like, how are you upset about money going into the pockets of your children? I'm sorry if you're offended by that. You know, like the, the idea that you're sending underprivileged and those with a lack of opportunity 
to higher education and that that's a problem is ridiculous. Yeah. I, I, it, it's amazing to me. Uh, Josh Martin, thank you for the $5 tip this morning. We appreciate you, um, which is why you're first in this morning. Uh, Josh Martin says, Mitchell needs to be dedicated to the defensive side. If not, then he'll stay good, not elite. I, I agree. agree. I, I, and again, I, I think we've, we've had, you know, a number of people come onto the show and, and comment that, you know, that Donovan doesn't play defense. And I think I, and that's kind of what I was getting to earlier. Like, I do think saying that Donovan doesn't play defense is harsh, but I don't think it's harsh to say that he really needs to work on the defensive end. Like, like some of the tape that he put out in the Dallas series against Luca yeah. was not kind to him. Now, nobody wants to talk about the fact that, Hey, in this particular situation, he had three fouls. And so, you know, he was playing light defense. He couldn't play aggressive defense because he was in foul trouble. But there are a lot of there are a lot of situations where Donovan's effort and his want to defensively just isn't there. I, I and again, I I I struggle when people question a professional athlete's effort. Well. What I would say is he needs to grow his skills defensively. His footwork is not ideal. Listen, this is just like any other any other guy that we've talked about in the league over the years, you know. But I look at effort but effort is a really key word. I look at Rudy Gobert's inability to guard the pick and roll 3. Yeah. That's not effort, it's mentality. It's not effort, it's mental toughness. Well, whatever it is, you can't put out tape of, of you standing on the elbow, guarding the weak side, and someone driving from the top of the key, and you don't even move. Donovan like, was a turnstile on too many occasions. Yeah, you can't do yeah, that. Absolutely. And, and the thing that he can't get away from, I don't disagree with what you're saying. Hey, it's it's messed up to question the guy's effort if he's physically not able to or doesn't have the ability or like his effort is there, but he just isn't able to play the defense. This is, I, in my opinion, we're not having that conversation with Don. You don't get as Donovan Mitchell level guy caliber guys don't get that benefit of the doubt. When you can do what you can do on offense, you better damn well be doing it on defense. I would agree. And it's just, that's just the nature of the beast for guys like Jason Tatum, Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, like all these guys, it's the nature of the beast. He has to be better defensively for them to win. And I think that was a huge part of the the problem in that locker room is yeah. that the two main the problem is the system was designed to filter everybody to to Rudy. Yeah. And so it became too easy to filter everybody to Rudy. But absolutely, you know, as our as our guy and Garcia always says, no D Donovan Mitchell. I'm not going to go that far. Yeah, that's hating. I'm opinion, not going to yeah. go that far, but Donovan's got to improve on on defense. He's too he's too much of an elite athlete not to compete at a higher level defensively. Yeah, I'm not going to question his effort. I may sometimes question his want to, but I think Donovan's got to be better. What and do you think the difference is between effort and want to? I think that want to is, hey, I've got Rudy Gobert, the best rim protector in the NBA behind me. I'm going to feed this guy into him. And I think instead of that, Donovan has to have the mentality that I don't care who's behind me, whether it's Rudy Gobert or my cousin's sister's brother's babysitter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's just what came off the top of my you head. You know. Uh, but – I, it doesn't matter who's behind me. Donovan Mitchell has to have the mentality that he is a lockdown defender and it, this guy is not getting to the paint, that I'm keeping this guy in front of me 
and he's not going to have an impact on this play. Yeah. And when he passes the ball, I am going to, and a, a shot goes up, I'm going to rebound. You know, like I, you have to have that mentality because again, I look at Rudy Gobert. The thing that I love about Rudy Gobert is he wants to block every single shot. The thing I hate about Rudy Gobert is he is he is not effective defensively outside of the paint. And yet we get this we get this club that feeds everything into him in the paint, but teams don't play that game anymore. Yeah. Right? So, um, you know, Eric wants us to compare why one of the things that Eric always says to me is that I'm too hard on Rudy and I'm too soft on Donovan. Mm-hmm. So one of the one of the ways that I answer that question is, who is more impactful, and who has more say over whether or not this team wins or loses a game? I got news for you. In this NBA, it's Donovan Mitchell. Who's more important to the Jazz? It's Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Because if Don scores thirty, they're going to win. Yeah, and I think the the other side of that, I agree with you, and I think the other side of that is Donovan's defense also contributes to why they win or lose. Because there are nights, like, let's be honest, there are nights where he does play good defense and he will have a steal yeah. or two and and he gets it going and then they're able to turn that defense into offense and, and off we go. And, and again, when you look around the league and you look at the guys that are still playing basketball right now in the NBA, all those guys are playing defense. Steph Curry was criticized for years over his defense and the fact that his ankles were weak and he couldn't really he couldn't really play head up defense with guys and now look where he is. So what I'm telling you is instead of sitting here and saying that you know Donovan's got no D and he's some horrible player and he can just leave if if he doesn't want to be here, instead of being that guy, why don't you say, "Hey, yeah, he is lacking on defense, but this guy is one of the main reasons we've gotten to where we got. He's yeah. one of the main reasons we we did go head-to-head with the Nuggets so deep into that series. He is the reason that we had so much success. He's a big reason. So I'm just telling you, like, I know that you guys obviously know he's a great player, but I just don't think that you understand what this team is going to be when he is not here one day. Well, and I think that the more difficult part of that, and I absolutely think this is part of the conversation, is that, yeah, I think Donovan Mitchell is going to wear another jersey. But – it's very rare that you have players that are one team guys. Yeah. The one team guys, you know, dying for yeah. Sure. I, I, and listen, I, I don't think that's happening anytime soon. My firm belief is that the jazz are going to build around Don. They are going to hire a coach, whether it's Johnny Bryant or whoever you want to point to. Yeah. They're going to hire a coach. that's going to build a scheme around Donovan Mitchell's abilities. And Donovan Mitchell, in my opinion, is going to go to work. And he is going to come back a better player. Yeah. You see him with David Alexander. You see him, the world-renowned body guy, David Alexander. You see him uh, with Chris Brickley. And you see him working and playing and developing and taking boats to different islands so that he can play basketball. Like, Donovan Mitchell is committed to the game. Donovan Mitchell is the game. Yeah, that's he's a his, hooper, man. That's his life. But I think the truth about Donovan Mitchell is twofold. He's your most important player. And again, I will just say, why would you not want his opinion on who the next head coach should be? Why would you want to isolate your best player from a significant decision and hire that is going to impact probably the prime years of his NBA career? 
Because that's what Donovan is heading into. Mm -hmm. You're 25 to 32. Those are the years that you make or break your legacy in this league. Because if they don't win a championship inside of the next three years, there's a couple of things you can count on. Don's not going to be here. And his legacy is going to be pretty much tied to the Jazz until he wins a championship somewhere else. His legacy will be I mean, that he couldn't win in Utah and he had to go to another team to win. That's yeah. what the legacy will be. Yeah, and and I think, I think Donovan Mitchell has a problem with failure. I think Don is not somebody that throughout his NBA career, certainly at Louisville, certainly in high school, like this is not a guy that many people – put put the brakes on like he Don has been an elite basketball player just about every level yeah for just about every bounce of the basketball and so my guess is I could be wrong my guess is that Donovan Mitchell right now is facing the most difficult period he's ever had as a basketball player yeah it's time to grow up it's time to get going it's time the excuses excuse time is over like when when training camp starts like on this show you can you can be rest assured that we will be talking about expectations for Donovan Mitchell. And, and right now, before we even get there without knowing what the roster looks like and, and all of that, I will just echo what he just said five minutes ago. The expectation right now is Donovan Mitchell will come back with a savage mid-range game. He will come back as a better defender. I can't say he's going to be an elite defender, but I do think in the NBA specifically, because of how it's officiated, you have to learn how to play defense. It's not like it's just, hey, I'm going to roll up and start bodying guys up because that's going to be a foul. You have to understand the angles, how to play defense, when to do this, when not to do that. Like, There's a lot that goes into playing defense in the NBA, but that's something he's got to get better at. So right now, yeah, I think that's the expectation. And then once we know what the roster and head coach looks like, yeah. then we can start talking about you know, Western Conference Finals or, or just making the postseason or whatever it's going to be based on what they're able to get done. Yeah, I, I it'll be interesting to see what happens. It really will. I, I, I just, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Let's uh, get some of your comments in here. Leonard, Don, and Endelove, we back. He says, can the Jazz get a, uh, get Don a true all-star uh, to help him? That's a huge ask. And I think they can. I think they can, and I think it's imperative that that in that conversation, when you talk about remaking this Jazz roster, I think it's imperative um, that they turn Rudy Gobert and Boyan Bogdanovich specifically um, into at least two all-star level players. And I think that Boyan Bogdanovich has value to playoff teams. Boyan Bogdanovich isn't going to have value to an Orlando or a OKC. Yeah. But if you look at the 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 teams that we've been talking about for three months with Rudy Gobert, in my opinion, from what I've heard in the conversations I've had around the league, Toronto still makes the most sense because they have the talent, they have draft capital, and they are not a difficult club to make a deal with. They want to improve. They have one of the best general managers in basketball. Um, they have a talented roster with pieces that could improve the Jazz and improve other teams. Yeah. So that's probably a three-team deal because of the money in the years that are left on Rudy's deal. And the question, again, will come down to what are the Jazz willing to do with, with Rudy's contract? Are they willing to eat some of that? Because I think – you know, one team in particular that is very interesting to me on Boyan Bogdanovich 
um, is the Miami Heat. I think it's it, you look at their the Miami Heat's willingness to trade Tyler Hero. They're looking for an upgrade from the outside. Yeah, and I think Boyan Bogdanovich, while he is no longer a singular, you know, a, a player that you can say, "Here's the ball, go get me a hoop." In a system that facilitates ball movement, which I think we saw quite a bit out of the Miami Heat, a guy like Boyan Bogdanovich is a really good fit there. And I think he's a guy that that when you look at their struggles with Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero, yeah. Boyan Bogdanovich fits right into what they would want those guys to do. And I think that that he's that's a guy you should watch to Miami. Um I think you you look at Rudy Gobert, and again, I think the two teams that work really well um, are the the Toronto Raptors and the Chicago Bulls. Yeah. And you know, I I know we've said those two teams since the the trade deadline, and and I will just reiterate again that sources told us at the trade deadline that the the Jazz could have made a significant deal um, with Washington um, and Toronto. That, that Yeah, that would likely have netted Toronto Rudy Gobert, but Danny Ainge was not as involved as he is now then, mm-hmm. and Ryan Smith was resident, reticent to make a significant roster change at that time. And and I think that that's not going to hurt them, you know, a ton. Like, I think, as we've said multiple times on the show, like, big trades and big deals happen over the summer for a reason, I but I do think that... Part of the reason we're here today and part of the reason that, that you know, Quinn obviously stepped away and, and, you know, that whole situation played itself out over the last couple of days is because of the lack of action at the deadline. And, and to me, what's really going to be interesting is like, well, like six months from now, like when, when Christmas gets here this year, when we look back at this past deadline and in the way this season went down, when we look back, will we say, man, that deadline that deadline really changed this organization forever. Yeah. Or will we look back and will we say not doing something at that deadline enabled them to make the team that they are today and catapulted them to, you know, the Western Conference Finals or like the NBA Finals? Yeah. Well, there is one truth. I mean, adversity and, and pain do one of two things. They make or they break you. Yeah. And when you look at Quinn Snyder not being here, again – I'm a firm believer that Quinn Snyder's not here because of a lack of action at the trade deadline. Yeah. And I think the pain and adversity and the conversations that came out of that necessitated change for Quinn Snyder. Yeah. And I think it is forcing the Jazz to be in action um, this summer, and I I think it's very necessary. Yeah. Uh, James Knight, good morning to you. Eric and Raleigh, what's up? Eric C., Giggity, my man, what's up with you? Eric and Raleigh says, Taco Bell's only problem is the silly small portion size. We'll talk some Taco Bell. Neville 93 says, good morning, my guys. What if the tr- what if we trade for Zach Levine? Too injured and not an alpha male. Um, I, I, it but just... I see, but I think that's a, that's a fair question, too, and this is something we'll talk about. With Donovan Mitchell, when you're looking for a guy to pair with Donovan Mitchell, are you looking for an alpha, or are you looking for a guy to to play with him and keep Don in the alpha role? Well, it's interesting because obviously, you know, most people know that I'm from Chicago. I covered that team. I'm a huge Bulls fan. I you watch know. a ton of their games. I'm a stud. Right, um, right. I can tell you that Demar Derozan and Zach Levine had a fatal flaw. They're very similar personality guys in that. Neither one of them is a number one, but man, they're very good number twos. 
But Zach Levine has a belief that he is a number one. And I don't think he is. I, 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 I love his game and I have a lot of respect for Zach Levine, the professional. He, his ability to shoot, his ability to get to the bucket are great. But he's a guy, in my opinion, Donovan Mitchell needs guys who can do what Zach Levine can do. But he also needs guys who understand that Don needs the ball and volume to be elite. Mm-hmm. He needs Donovan plays in rhythm and flow, in my opinion. He needs the ball in his hands if you're going to be the best team you can be with him. If Donovan Mitchell is going to be your second or third, trade him. Don't don't he's not a second or third guy. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell's in a Donovan Mitchell, if he is going to come back with an elite mid-range game, and if he's going to be a a, a three-dimensional player from the three-point line the mid-range, and at the rim. If that's going to be who Donovan is, then please, Donovan, dunk less, five-foot jump package. shot more. More layup I, package, more mid-range. <laughs> please. I, I That that to me is what I want out of Don. I, I, want, I want the mid-range assassin for Donovan Mitchell. I want him to be that guy. He's an assassin. But the ball needs to move. Yeah. And... That's why you need Royce O'Neal to always shoot that three, Excuse that three ball. Excuse me, it's buckets. I'm sorry, bench. my bad. That's Thank why you. you need buckets O'Neal. Yeah. Shut the floor. Yeah. Anyway, that's why you need Royce O'Neal to shoot that three all the time. It's why it's frustrating that they didn't facilitate more this year for rotation to get Boyan Bogdanovich open looks, even though he had an open look that didn't go in. And that's what I mean. See, that's the other angle. Talk about I mean, that. he was, you know, he was wide open and one of the best three-point shooters in the league, but he missed it anyway. Anyway, uh, you know, I think the other thing that, you know, is going to be beneficial for Don is a new system. I mean, yeah. maybe getting a new system and new voices and, and new teammate, like all of this, like getting a new car tends to reinvigorate somebody, right? So for Donovan Mitchell, getting out of this system, getting a new head coach, who the hell knows? Maybe he comes back and this is just a completely different guy. Maybe this... Maybe this summer is the summer that had to take place for him to get to where he needs to be. Look, man, uh, they are in a they're in a Dodge Durango right now. Yeah, they've got incredible power. It's a V8. Yeah, but come on, man, you need to get into a twin turbo V6. Yeah, you need to move quicker. You, you need gotta to cut like, some fat, man. Yeah, you got to be more athletic. You like that, you know? Whatever. Yeah. Eric C says, "Yeah, I wouldn't blame Don one bit." Good morning, Eric. Uh, Rudy Sanchez, what's up? He says, did you guys see Mitchell did clap back on Twitter about the rumors? Right, but I want to clarify something. Yeah. This, that is, there was a rumor yesterday that supposedly. Allegedly. Supposedly on Spence Checkett's show, Spence supposedly said, oh, well, you know, Coach reached out. Quinn Snyder reached out to Donovan Mitchell, who refused his call. This is a code ten of board. Spence Checkett said on his show today, nothing of the sort. Yeah. Spence Checkett did not say that. We heard it. Spence Checkett said that Quinn called Donovan. They didn't connect. They weren't able to get on the phone, I believe. It's Which something is like that. very different than, hey, Don's ignoring his calls. Donovan totally Mitchell different. saw that tweet that said that he refused Quinn Snyder's call and said, I don't respond to this stuff normally, but you guys need to stop lying about me. Twitter's been going crazy. And Spence then tweeted out the link to what he said. 
Um, I, it, listen, man, I just don't understand the, the, the jazz fans that just jump all over everything that's put out on Twitter. Yeah. Come on, be better than that. Eric and Raleigh, uh, good morning to you. James Knight says, what has he done to deserve to be worshipped and run every move the franchise makes? I don't know. Okay, but who, see, again, this is what yeah. you always do. But who do you mean he? Because we never said anybody should have run like, what of are you the, talking every about, move. James? Yeah. Again, again, with all due respect, I feel like you have me saying this every day now. I love that you're here every day, man. But nobody said that he should be worshipped or should have a, a say on every single move. Yeah, he should have a... Uh, he should be allowed to voice his opinion in a boardroom to the front office. You should want his like, input, Donovan Mitchell's input on the head coach. And if you're going to trade Rudy Gobert and you're going to make a foundational trade, you need to call him and say, hey, we're about to put this trade through with the league. We want to let you know so you don't hear from anybody else but us. So you're not surprised. That's Donovan Mitchell has earned that respect. He is your best player. I don't think, uh, listen, I don't think people realize the relationship Don in the front office have. we need, Again, we talked about it yesterday, but I just want to make sure we're on the same page. You guys realize that Ryan Smith and Donovan Mitchell talk all the time. They have each other's phone numbers. They have a great relationship. Like, it, this isn't a thing where, where Ryan Smith goes to CAA and gets Donovan Mitchell's agent's number so he can text on, and then they can, like, that's yeah. not how it works. You guys reached out to Rudy's agent. Why haven't you talked to Don's agent? I have tried. We've tried. A ton. Ty Solomon is Donovan's agent at CAA in New York. I have called repeatedly. Yeah. And to his credit, Rudy Gobert's agent, I text with him. I, like, he communicates, like. Yeah. Don, with And, again, I don't know Ty Sullivan at all. I leave him messages pretty much twice a week, and he never calls me back. Never. I'm a nobody. I get it. I'm an absolute nobody. I have tried to get in touch with Donovan's agent. I have tried, and I have not been successful. I would, and you know what? This goes back to, and I want to play the sound from yesterday. I'm sorry to go this far without playing this sound. I want to play this one um, Danny Ainge bite because I think this is really important. Danny Ainge, Ryan Smith, and Quinn Snyder had a press conference yesterday to – and I thought it was interesting. Why are you having a press conference when your coach resigns? I think it was a tip of the cap to Quinn That's Snyder. That's exactly what it was. Yeah, I think so. But I want to play this uh, Danny Ainge by talking about how much the Jazz wanted Quinn Snyder back. I think it's pretty clear, like, we desperately wanted him to stay. And um, at the same time, I've, have, I've walked away from coaching and I walked away from being a general manager after 18 years in Boston. And um, so I trust that Quinn knows more what's best for him and his family, much more than we do. I think that's exactly spot on. And they wanted Quinn to stay. Quinn didn't want to stay. And that was that. Yeah. That was that. And I... I give I give the Jazz a lot of credit for doing what they did yesterday because that's not the norm. When a coach resigns, usually you put a statement out and that's it. Now, having said that, did anybody ask a question at that press conference of no. note? Nobody did. Nobody did. And we knew they weren't going to. Yeah, and I don't care if Quinn Snyder – Quinn Snyder was asked if he's going to coach this year, and he said, yeah. I appreciate you got to answer that question. He essentially said no. Um but nobody asked about his relationship with Donovan Mitchell. Nobody asked about his 
Um, you know, hey, we're, you know, how much did the trade deadline impact um, this decision? Uh, like nobody asked questions. Nobody, nobody asked Danny Ainge, well, you know, can you give us a timeline of your involvement here? Like, you know, you know, were you heavily involved in, um, you know, trade deadline conversations? Um, Nobody brought that up. Hey, Ryan, you know, like you, you've owned the team for, you know, going on three years and, you know, where are you at with this club? Do you feel like you've been successful? Like how um, many times does Ryan Smith sit down with the media? How, that's that's what I was going to say. This is the first time we've is this, this is pretty much the first time Danny Ainge has been in front of the media. And you're as, not asking any questions. Yeah. It, it's it's remarkable to me. And I got a DM yesterday that said, well, the jazz said that this was about Quinn Snyder. It doesn't I matter what care. the Jazz say. Dude. How many chances do I get to stand in front of Danny Ainge and ask him that question? Dude. Like, none. None whatsoever. Ryan Smith, the owner of the Jazz, is going on national podcasts, not talking to the local media. Yeah. It's amazing to me, the free pass that was given. So when you ask me if I've tried to get in touch with Don, yeah, I absolutely have tried to get in touch with Donovan Mitchell. Hey, by the way, my DMs are open. Like, I would love to talk to his agent. I would love to talk to Donovan. We don't get the benefit of that doubt. Yeah. You know, we, we, the, the jazz generally do not answer our phone calls. So we have to go through agents. We have to go through players. We have to, we have to find alternative routes. Channel. Yeah. We got to find alternative routes to get information. And I feel like we've done that. But again, when you ask about the media in this town and why we haven't reached out to Donovan's agent, we have. But that thing yesterday was a, a, another perfect example of not asking pertinent, important questions. When are we going to see Danny Ainge and, and Ryan Smith again? Not it, a good question. It's going to be a long time. Yeah. It's going to be a long and, time. And, th and again, whether – I feel like – what I feel like is is that the media in the town is just, is just too nice. Meaning that, like, yesterday they go up, you know, and Tony Jones asked a question, you know, a couple other people asked a question – but there was never someone sitting in that room that could care less that this was supposed to be a Quinn Snyder, you're the best, we love you, we're going to miss you, we hope your hip feels better press conference. Like, you have to roll up to these things with your questions ready to go. There, It shouldn't, it shouldn't be taboo in a major basketball town, which is what Salt Lake is. It is a basketball town. It shouldn't be taboo to be able to say to Danny Ainge, hey, man, like, this is the first time you've sat in front of us X, Y, and Z. Why is that such a difficult thing to ask? There's a reason he's sitting there. Are you going to trade Rudy Gobert? Is there a plan in place to trade Rudy Gobert? He's going to say, well, we're not talking about individual players. <coughs> okay. Well, then as a follow-up, can we talk about what, you know, what plans you have to remake this roster? Like, what is your vision for what this roster will look like when you get to training camp? Hey, Ryan, when are we going to, you know, we've seen a lot of mocks of these uniforms. Hey, Ryan, can you tell us, are the leaked images of the this new uniform, are those truly your new uniform? And do you have a plan in place or a date in mind that you're going to release those uniforms? Um, but nobody asked that question. Nobody asked that question. Incredible. It's incredible. It is. It really is. Yeah, Eric and Raleigh. Question. Eric and Raleigh. Mitchell is more Scottie Pippen than Michael Jordan. Maybe. So far, he has been. I would agree with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Eric C. says, come on, James. He led the offense since the year he was a rookie. We were on our knees to keep stayward, and we're holding the door open for Don. Yeah. That's the thing come I don't on, understand. Guy. Donovan Mitchell, in my opinion, is a far more 
talented player than Gordon Hayward. Dude has carried you. He's carried you. Yeah. Uh, Rudy Sanchez says, people are taking for granted the fact that we have a player like Mitchell, but they will cry if he ever did ask out because we'll, we will go back to the lower level teams. Yeah, one would think. But then again, if you make a trade, does that have to happen? Uh, Brandon Whiteside says, love Don, but not the drama. If he sees other markets that he is wanting to go to, then let's move him. But he doesn't. He is not good enough uh, player for the Jazz to build around. He certainly is. He certainly is. I mean, I, there's there's no doubt in my mind that he is he is probably not the caliber of a Jimmy Butler, but he is capable of being that. He's going to have to be a much better defensive player. Bro. He's very young. Yeah, they, they, the the judgment that he is not a star is incredible to me. Dave Mor David Morris, good morning to you. He says, so many critics of Mitchell all wishing him gone will sorely miss him when he is gone and the yeah. Jazz left with Royce being a leader. Yeah. If they trade Donovan Mitchell, they will get significant assets in return. Well, can you, but, but here's the thing. It, it, I agree with that, but does significant asset mean – a guy who's as good or better than Don. I don't Probably know. Probably not. I don't I would agree with that based on the fact that the Jazz are kind of in a precarious situation, not having any draft picks, being basically strapped financially. So that's what I'm saying. They're not gonna trade Donovan Mitchell. It's hardly the time or place. The the pragmatic thing to do here is to get Rudy and and Bogey off your books. You have to move those guys while they still have value to enable you to go and do other things to make your team better. Yeah. It has nothing to do with Rudy sucks or he's the reason they're bad. Notice I'm not saying that. I'm simply saying, hey, because of what he's paid, he's the guy that's got to go to enable them to take the next step. Yep. Uh, Brandon Whiteside said, could be, but didn't LeBron's house get trashed and folks uh, graffitied racist stuff? I don't believe it did. What, I, I don't what know. are we talking about LeBron's house for? Yeah, because we're talking about racism and, you know, Eric C says, yeah, Brandon, uh, but let's be honest, Utah and Boston strive to lead the pack in, in that area of racism. Yes, they do. Yeah. Eric and Raleigh says, if you allow Mitchell to have significant input in the coaching hire, then you are giving him veto power. Um, yeah, probably by default. But again, that's the that's the way the NBA works. This is a player's league, man. Yeah. This is absolutely a player's league. There's no doubt about that. Um, let's see. Big Dog O-Town says, here in Utah is a black man. Being outspoken is taboo. I'm the most hated at my job because I speak uncomfortable truth, and people are uneasy with that. Sorry if you're offended by that. Shout the to Mobamba. Yeah. Yeah, man. Sorry if you're Sorry offended, if you're offended by, that. by that. Exactly right. Preach O-Town, please, Eric C. says. Shout out to Mobamba. Uh, James says, Eric and Raleigh says, some people want to keep underprivileged kids underprivileged. That has <coughs> to do with the, the scholarship. Uh, moving down the list a little bit, HIB uh, says, would the Bulls give up Levine or DeRozan for Gobert? They're not giving up mm -hmm. DeMar DeRozan. No. James Knight says, at one point, that was the entire Jazz defensive strategy, feeding them Rudy at the rim. It was. It was. Kay Nuren says, the new coach needs to play uh, the better player, not who he wants to play. Um, probably true. Eric C says, oh yes, because Rudy is so mentally strong. Come on. He's not Rudy Gobert is not mentally tough. Braden Christensen. Good morning to you. He says, I have a question for you guys. You have mentioned the jazz can't do anything until after the NBA finals. As far as making announcements, if that is the case, why were the Lakers able to introduce their new head coach during the finals? The Hornets are also probably going to make an announcement here soon. Well, Mike D'Antoni is scheduled to meet with Michael Jordan, um, today or tomorrow depending on whose timeline you believe. 
Um, the Lakers did introduce Darvin Ham yesterday. And mm-hmm. um, interesting, I want to play this soundbite from Darvin Ham now that you mention it. Mm-hmm. Um, listen to what Darvin Ham says about one of the Lakers' most infamous players. Russ is one of the best players our league has ever seen. And there's still a ton left in that tank. I don't know why people tend to try to write him off. I'm going to approach him like I do every player I've ever encountered. We're going to talk about our running habits with the ball, without the ball. And again, the, to- the, the team, the, the rhythm of the team, and, and trying to establish a rhythm with LeBron, Russ, AD. Darvin Ham, the new head coach of the Lakers. Yeah, it was interesting um, that the Lakers introduced their new head coach. It is... Coaches, so here's the thing. Like, I understand why you're asking the question. Introducing coaches is different than, like, five-team deals. You know what I mean? Like, like when the, you're not going to see, like, huge trades or, like, rock-in-the-boat type deals. Well, happening. and it is the Lakers, by the way. It is. I mean, yeah, I mean, it is. That's true. And that did take the focus off the NBA Finals. Now it's an off day, obviously. But, yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting moment in time. We'll see because – um, you know, we've heard repeatedly that the Jazz, and it depends on who you believe on this, the Jazz new uniform thing is very interesting. They were they were going to release that uniform six weeks ago. Do they release it when they hire a new head coach? Um, I would think so by the time they hire a coach because what's that coach going to be holding in his hand? Precisely. A new jersey. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Yeah. Um, it would have been nice if somebody would have had the – balls or the fortitude to ask Ryan Smith yesterday, but well, they didn't. Um, um, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I don't think now, I mean, the finals are going to be over in a week. I mean, the jazz are going to take, I would think three weeks um, to there's an interview process that's going to happen. I mean, and certainly, you know, you already know that they have one assistant on the Boston staff. They want to talk to. Well, and they said yesterday during the presser, Danny Ainge said that, that, the draft and and everything like those artificial not artificial but those like events those key events on the calendar as you progress through the summer do not have any sort of impact on their search which i thought was a little bit surprising but i thought it definitely echoed what you said yesterday which was danny Ainge's old school he wants to hire a head coach that he can get basically just give a roster have a to partnership. and you'll go you know and and do it so I think you have to have one before free agency opens. Yeah. So I think you'll see by, I would guess two weeks, but when is that uniform going to be announced? I'm telling you, I'm telling you, they are going to do it when they hire a new head coach. That's what it's my opinion. I, we, no one's told us that, mm-hmm. but I just think that the way it's all worked out and the delay in releasing the new unis and like all, like I just, it just, I don't know. It kind of adds up, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I I don't know. I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting to it'll be interesting to see where where things go from here. Uh, Ruff's official says this show is turned into a whining session every day. But Ruff, you're still here. Yeah, you're still here. You yeah. still comment on our YouTube videos. You're yeah, that was still funny in the yesterday. comment section. That was funny yesterday. Like I, to me, I I I appreciate that you're here, man. I do. I you. you it's classic. It's classic. Ruff's official and commenter guy to come into the comments and say that this show complains every day and then not have any sort of any sort of game plan on what you'd like the show to be. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about with Donovan Mitchell. <coughs> All you guys want to do is say that Donovan Mitchell doesn't play defense and that he's not good enough and he's not a star player, but you don't want to talk about what he does really well. 
And that's my problem with the whole thing. That's why I think the day that he puts on another another uniform, then you will be upset and hurt that he's not here. Then you will appreciate the twenty five a night and the in the five dimes and five boards out of him. Then yeah. you'll appreciate that. Yeah. That's interesting. What questions did you guys want them to ask? I, I wanted them to ask something other than a softball. I question. wanted them to ask, Hey, Danny, when did you really start getting involved after they brought you in? It seemed like you were a little bit surface level in the beginning. Hey, well, Danny, when are, what, what can we expect out of the draft? Being that you guys don't have any draft picks right now. Do you think that the draft is something that's going to be productive? Do you think that you'll, are try you to working trade? to trade back into the draft? Are you working to acquire you draft cap? If it is the priority, to have draft capital. Hey, Ryan Smith, again, the uniform question is the perfect question. Hey, man, what's the update on the uniforms? Are the images that we've seen leaked truly images of your new uniform? Hey, by the way, Danny, I think Ryan, that's what I'd like to ask. Bro, what's your guys' relationship with Donovan Mitchell right now? There's been a lot of rumors, and I just want to give you the opportunity to set the record straight. That's not a hard question. How often? Hey, Ryan Smith, how often are you in contact with Don? You know, like that. there's a lot of questions I would have liked to ask. Not a single one of those questions was asked. That was a slow pitch softball tournament yesterday. Like there was not a fastball to be seen anywhere. Um, Doc J says, if we move Rudy, I'd like that to be for draft capital if possible. I'd also take a look at Clint Capella and John Collins from the Hawks. You got to find not Clint Capella. I would love John Collins. You need a guy that can defend and can run the floor. Yeah. Um, and I just don't see that as Clint Capella. Um, I think John Shout Collins is yeah. I think John Collins is a great name, not Mobamba. Brandon Whiteside <laughs> says nobody asked a question, including Tony Jones. Just layups. If Andy yeah. Larson asked those type of questions, you guys would be all over him. We would. We would. Who said that? Brandon Whiteside's. What am I all over Andy Larson about? That he makes shit up on a daily basis. What do you not understand, dude? The stuff in Dallas, and this goes back to the show yesterday. Andy Larson yesterday came up with a, a, a conspiracy theory about um, CAA, the management, the c company that represents Adrian Wojnarowski, uh, Johnny Bryant, and and Donovan Mitchell. And he came up with a conspiracy theory, Andy did, that says, hey, they, CAA leaked this rumor that Donovan's unnerved by the, you know, the res resignation of Quinn Snyder. Um, and they supposedly leaked that to their client, Woj, to talk about their client, Johnny Bryant, to talk about their client, Donovan Mitchell. No facts, no sourcing, just out of thin, just thin air. Just out of thin air. And he did the exact same thing in Dallas when he said that Donovan was yelling at the, the Mavericks bench because they were picking him up uh, full court. And Donovan actually called him out for and said that was completely not true and told Andy, you're just making that stuff up. And what was Andy Larson's response? Well, Sarah Todd said the same thing. Mm. Mm. Like, if Andy Larson asked about uniforms, I would be thrilled with that because he'd actually be doing See, his job. You don't, you don't get it. With all due respect, Brandon, you don't understand. Like, like we're not coming onto the show and just being like, oh, well, his name's Andy Larson, so he's a douchebag. That's not what we do on the show. If we were like, not bringing up specific actions he had taken to undermine his journalistic integrity or credibility. His, his ethics and credibility, you could have a point. We have given you exact, succinct incidents that involve Andy Larson making up things. Just making them up. Not an exaggeration, just making stuff up. Yeah, I, I that's crazy. And to me. yes, Tony asked a softball question. He did. 
100%. And he deserves criticism for that. Like, again, I love Tony. I love what he writes. But again, you didn't ask anything about anything. You, you could I'm not even saying that they had to play hardball with these guys. I'm just saying, hey, this is the first time you've really seen Danny Ainge and Ryan Smith in front of the media, let alone sitting at the same table. What happens? Think about this. Think about this. Even if they don't answer your question, mm-hmm. what happens if you say, hey, you know, Danny, Ryan, a question for both of you. Over the course of the season, we heard there was a lot of turmoil in the locker room. Could you speak to that? Was there some turmoil? Whether was there some issues? Like how did that how did that affect the team this year in your guys' eyes? They're not going to answer that question. They'll dodge it. They'll get around it. But I'm not asking them that question to get a specific answer. I want to see what the reaction is. I want to see their mannerisms, their facial expressions. I want to see how they react to it because that's going to tell me everything I need to know. That's what this media, the, the media in this town, don't understand. It's your obligation. It's your job to ask the damn question. Just yeah. ask it, man. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, all right, we're way late. I want to get to this uh, Saudi Arabian golf uh, conversation as well. Um, so the LIV Golf Tour Live. kicks off this weekend in London, England. Yeah. And it is shocking the revolution away from the PGA Tour. Dustin Johnson announced yesterday that he has resigned his PGA Tour membership and card, and that he is taking $150 million from the Saudi Arabian Wealth Fund to play on the LIV Golf Tour with Phil Mickelson, who's getting $200 million, Sergio Garcia, who's getting $100 million. I don't understand this at all because what we learned is that Dustin Johnson now is ineligible to play on the Ryder Cup team for the United States. Because you must be a member in good standing of the PGA Tour. And he is not. And I cannot help but believe that these guys renouncing their membership to the PGA Tour, which is the only way they will allow you to play on the the LIV Tour. The PGA Tour has the right to tell guys you cannot play on another tour. The only way you can do that is to resign your membership. Mm Mm-hmm. And then there's the guy who didn't do it. Tiger Woods was offered just short of a billion dollars. 900 plus million dollars was offered to Tiger Woods. And he said, no, I am not going to do that. And I am amazed at the sellout that Phil Mickelson has become. The damage that Phil Mickelson has done to his legacy. Because I... I, I know you probably know this. The Saudi Arabian government pays people to cut people's heads off. Mm -hmm. Quite literally. He's an assassin. They murder people. If you speak ill of them or you report their truths, they murder you. Those same people are writing checks to these golfers to play on the LIV golf tour. And they're happily taking the money. And I think it's an absolute sham. And for Phil Mickelson to call the, the Jamal Khashoggi, the Washington Post reporter, who was murdered and his body was dismembered by the Saudi Arabian government, to say that that was a mistake and people make mistakes and then go cash a check for $200 million is ridiculous. And I think it's absolutely wrecked 
his legacy. Phil Mickelson will now forever be known as a gambling degenerate who had to go get in bed with the Saudis to pay his gambling debts. Yep. Because that's what it appears, in my opinion, that Phil Mickelson's doing. How else can you describe or how else can you rationalize the decision that Phil Mickelson has made to renounce his PGA Tour membership, to walk away from it, to go take money from the Saudi Arabian government to play golf? When you know you've been asked about it, you've been humiliated, you've lost all your sponsors, I can only imagine that he is in in serious financial difficulty because mm-hmm. there's no other explanation for this. Yeah, and what's truly incredible to me is is the point about Tiger Woods and, and kind of comparing these two guys because how long did golf revolve around Tiger versus Phil? That rivalry fed golf for years and years, and there was nothing better than Tiger and Phil going at it on Sunday. Yet here we are. Both of these guys have been through a ton of adversity in their life, yet one of them has gone one route and the other one went a completely different route. Phil Mickelson had the opportunity to be the greatest American golfer of all time. Ever. And that's gone. And Dustin Johnson, Dustin Johnson at least was honest about it. Dustin Johnson's like, yeah, you know why I'm doing this? I want the payday because I don't want to play golf forever. He doesn't want to play golf forever. He's going to take his $150 million and he's going to retire with it. And I, at least he was honest about it. And that's my thing. Like Phil puts out this statement on Instagram where he's talking about, well, you know, I, I've been away and I know that I, I went hurt to people. therapy and, and it's like, dude, get the hell out of here. We, I, I don't like with all due respect, I have great respect for what therapy can do for folks. And, and I, I believe it works. Like I, I totally think it's a useful tool. But I don't believe in using therapy and using, you know, taking time away is an excuse for why you're doing this. Like you're you're sitting here trying to say that you needed a fresh start and and you're really excited and grateful for all the support that your friends and family and the golf world is giving you through this tough time. Dude, it's not like your dad just died, bro. This is self-inflicted. You wouldn't be doing this if you weren't a gambling degenerate. And that's the really sad thing. This guy is not doing it because, you know, he, he he wants to retire. He's doing it because he doesn't have a choice. And that's what's rough, in my opinion. And after everything that we know that Tiger Woods has gone through, that he is now the moral bar. Incredible. Incredible. That's amazing. Phil Mickelson is is dead to, to me. I mean, Dustin Johnson's dead to me. And I'm though- not watching that LIV. Tour. Well, the funny thing is they don't have a TV deal. Even if they did, I wouldn't watch it. The only, I believe the only way you can watch that tour is on their website. And I think they're streaming on Facebook and YouTube. They do not have a TV deal. And why is that? Because they cut people's heads off. When's the next PGA event? When's the next PGA, PGA? Next weekend. They're schedule. off this week. Well, I mean, it's, and they may be, it, it might be, let me see. They might be in Canada, actually. Yeah. Canadian Open. June 9th through the 12th. Yeah, the so RBC Canadian Open. That's right. They are in because if you miss, yes, that's correct. Um, is this weekend? It is this weekend. And then, that's right. And then September is a huge month for the PGA. You've got the Ryder Cup. You, you, I mean, you've got a couple of tournaments like September, dude. Next week, I think isn't isn't um, isn't the U.S. Open June 16th? Yeah, to the 19th. Yeah. The U.S. Open, yeah, without Dustin Johnson, without Sergio Garcia, without Phil Mickelson, 
But you got Tiger Woods. I, it's remarkable to me. It is these Incredible. guys – and it's all about the money. That that's the that's the crazy and look, thing. And this is where I've always kind of come down on these situations. Dustin Johnson is still a despicable human being, like for what he's doing. But listen, I can respect a guy who I disagree with what you're doing, but I can respect you for saying, "Hey, yeah, I know it's you know crappy. I know it's it's mm. morally wrong, but I need the money, and I that's why I'm doing this. I can respect." The transparency. I disagree with it, but I can respect it. I don't respect what Phil's doing because he's not being honest about it. And the reason he's not being honest about it is because it's incredibly embarrassing to say, hey, I've given away. I mean, I don't even know how much the guy's probably earned in his life. Probably, what, uh, $700 million probably through endorsements and golf. And, like, I mean, would anybody be surprised if Phil was over the billion-dollar threshold? I wouldn't be surprised. But anyway, the point is, is that it's embarrassing to say that you gambled away your fortune and now you got to go and take blood money from the Saudis. His career earnings are over $800 million. Yeah, you see what I mean? He's approaching a billion dollars. In most years, Phil uh, in his prime averaged 80 to $100 million. And in recent years, he has earned 40 to $50 million. You gamble. The majority of which is through endorsements. He has earned over $100 million in tournament money alone. Dude. And you are allegedly broke. How? I, it makes my head hurt. I, I I mean, I have no sympathy for Phil Mickelson. None. I just, it's yeah. it's incredible. All right, let's get some of your comments in here real quick. Um, because, our, ooh, is RBC one of his Phil's former sponsors, Eric and Raleigh says? Um, you know, it. he also says... Whoa, hey now. Comment dump. Uh, Dustin Johnson was at least honest about being a piece of crap. Yes, yeah. he was. You know what I mean? Like, yes, at least there's was. some respect in that. I mean, again, I, I hate the guy for it, but I respect that he's transparent. Yeah. Um. And yet, Joe Biden still is charging us more for gas. Well, Here and we then go. I didn't. Sorry, Here Eric. Here we go. The other Eric. Sorry that your comment got uh, filtered, but. It, you know, there was a there was a comment the other day about their their and I think it was Put, uh, Pete Buttigieg was saying, hey, there's no dial for gas pricing in the Oval Office. I think it's hysterical that people believe that Joe Biden's responsible for the gas prices in this country. That's so funny to me. Um, you know, yes, Kaner. And yes, we still need Saudi Saudis, the Saudis oil. Uh, for sure. James Knight says, um, you can't categorize it, Monty. Blood money is blood money, whichever way you sugarcoat it regarding Dustin Johnson. Yeah, I mean, blood money is blood money. Yeah, there's that's no way. Say- that's what I'm yeah. saying. I, I mean, I, all these guys are, that's why I said, like Dustin Johnson. They're all despicable human I mean, beings. Yeah. I they're mean, that you are, that, and Sergio Garcia's never been, you know, a, 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 a leader on the PGA Tour. I mean, he's he won, won the Masters, didn't he? Yeah, but I mean, he's Sergio Garcia. Like I, he's still a name, though, dude. I mean, yeah. he's still a brand. I'm Kevin Na is probably the bigger name. Like I, 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 all of these guys walked away from the PGA Tour to take that 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 blood money. Yeah, it's, they're all terrible. It's people. incredible to me. It's absolutely incredible to me that that's really despicable. That that's what's going on. All right, can we talk about can we talk about food delivery services? We'll have to save social media for tomorrow. Yeah. Food delivery services and Taco Bell in Minnesota. Right. Um, first of all, I am not a huge Taco Bell fan outside of the Mexican pizza. It's back. It's better than ever. And I have blood flow to the lower regions. 
Um, wow. wow. Wow, Dad. Wow. wow. <laughs> um, Taco Bell is opening up a two-story restaurant today in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. The the first level is four lanes of drive-through. I'm for real. Such as a bank. It looks like a bank. That's level number one. Such as and like? A bank. <laughs> level number two is all food production. The four drive-through lanes are going to be essentially, most of them are for food delivery services. One of them is for standard ordering. And they're going to basically use elevators to drop the food down to people. Fat! And I think it's brilliant. I think it's brilliant. Because this is Taco Bell innovating. This is fast food innovating. Finally. Because you know that DoorDash, Uber Eats, Grubhub, they're all thriving. They're all doing really well by paying people almost no money. Yeah. Although food delivery does pay if you do it in volume. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is absolutely brilliant. And it's it, it makes absolute sense to me that you're going to cater to food delivery services. But here's my question. Do you have a preference? Grubhub, DoorDash, Uber Eats. Do you have a preference DoorDash. one over the other? DoorDash. You're I'm, a dasher. I'm DoorDash guy. Yeah. Why? Because it works. I mean, I, I've never had, I, honestly, I've never had an issue with DoorDash. I, 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 they've never been in the situation where I placed an order and then like the place was closed or like, I think Grubhub routinely leaves my food at other people's houses. Yeah. I haven't had that issue with, with DoorDash. And, and again, I, I don't know why. I don't know if the people dashing are better than the people grubbing. I don't know, but like, I just think yeah. that DoorDash has been pretty reliable. for Well, me. the interesting thing is, is that Mrs. Monty and I have stopped using food delivery services mm-hmm. and we have we we a we don't eat out that much we eat out at, for lunch pretty much every day i have a chipotle burrito mm-hmm. a veggie burrito with like black beans brown rice lettuce tomato pico right all this stuff right that's re- that's really the only thing we eat out and we go and get it there's a new chipotle right down the street but we don't generally use food delivery services anymore right it's just not something that we it, we've had so many bad experiences and then, without naming the joint, Jake and I, Mrs. Monty's out of town. Mm-hmm. So we had the strippers come over last night. All I wanted was some wings. And so we were going to get some wings. And I knew I was in trouble because I ordered I ordered 20 wings. Right. And it was $83. That's an issue. It Ow. was $83. We go to the wing place to pick it up. And the guy's like, uh, what order? Oh, this order I just saw come in. Oh, it'll be ready in 20 minutes. It's ridiculous. So I ordered it 20 minutes ago. They said to come pick it up at 7.06 and I got to wait 20 more minutes. Okay. We Jake comes out. I go in 20 minutes later or whatever it was. He's like, hey, it's going to be about 15 more minutes. I'm like, hey, man, I ordered this an hour ago. He's like, yeah, but I didn't see it. So you're going to have to, he got the literally, he literally says to me, this punk rock mohawk bartender. Well, you're going to have to wait. And I'm like, okay, well, let's just cancel the order. And I'll go get something else. And he's like, well, there's no need to do that. It'll just be five more minutes. Oh, so now it's five minutes. And that's what I said to him. I said, wait, you just said 20 minutes. He goes, well, you know, I'm trying to get this out as fast as I can. 
And by the way, there's two tables in the entire restaurant. So what were you doing? Probably watching LIV tournament stuff. $83 for wings. Yeah, did you ask him about that? Yeah, and he said it's because of the way we ordered it through Google. what I just say? Yeah. It's garbage, dude. It's and absolute by garbage. by the way, the wings were not good. No. And you get uh, these French fries with them. And Here's my problem. Here's my problem. And this is what you said last night, which is, hey, if I can make wings that are better than yours, I don't want your wings. And this is what I always get to. Hey, man, figure out what you want to have for dinner during lunch because then you can go and get, like, wings from the store. And I can put them on the smoker and slow cook them for, like, three hours while the day finishes up. Yeah. And then they're going to be fire when I go to eat them. Okay, real quick. I am, I appreciate everybody's opinion in the comments section, but oh God. Ruff's official, I'm telling you, if you're going to start attacking people personally, we're going to put you on timeout. Yeah. We don't attack people personally. You can say anything you want. Just don't make it personal. If you have an opinion on something, he's going on about Joe Biden and Saudi oil. Mm. All right, cool, man. Cool. That's what the comment section is. It, <coughs> you can do whatever you want to do, but if you start getting, getting personal with people, we're going to put you in timeout. Just so you know that. Um, he's going to, he's yeah. Anyway, $83 for wings. Look at Jeff Johnson. DoorDash took my chicken to my fat neighbor's house <laughs> and she ate it before I could ask for it back. Seven minutes later. Fat. I hate that. It's so frustrating. I hate that. Your one job is to deliver food to the right place. And it's, it's never right. Yeah. Which brings me back to Taco Bell. Yeah. I would rather have had Taco Bell Mexican pizza last night than those wings. Yeah. They, they were not. Honestly, they were not good. $20 Taco Bell or $83 wings. $20 Taco Bell. Buy by a the way, lot. By the way, by the way, how about $20 wings from the store that you can put on a Traeger smoker and, and love them? How about yeah, that? Yeah, by the way. How about that? My grass in my backyard, I don't have a lot of grass. And it's like a jungle back there. <laughs> I honestly am concerned. It's so long because we've been out of town and we've been really busy. Right. I am so concerned that it's so long that my mower will not be able to cut that. That's an issue. I'm pretty, I'm concerned about it. I am that level of concerned about it. It'll cut it. So I'm going to have to figure out how to do you that. You really don't think it'll cut it? I'm going to have to do like, well, I have some pavers in my backyard. And so I'm going to have to put like half the mower on the pavers half the mower on the grass just to get into the jungle. Yeah. And you know, because I have dogs, there's probably piles of dog crap under that grass. And <laughs> it's not going to be good, oh. but it's taller than my dog's stomach. Like when my yeah. dog steps, they into the disappear grass, into the grass. You can't see them anymore. <laughs> you going to help me cut that tonight? Yeah. Okay, good. You mean helping you cut it by making wings? Okay. There you go. Uh, Giggity says $35 for 10 pounds of wings at Costco and three hours of smoking wings beats any wings you can buy. Buy Hell a yeah, lot. Hell yeah, it does. Hell yeah, it buy does. Buy a Not lot. Not even close. Not even close. Buy a lot. Uh, didn't the 83 total come up before you submitted the order unless they were dipped in Jennifer Lawrence's juices? I didn't place that order. What were you thinking? You know what I was thinking? I was in a hurry. Yeah. And I, when I placed the order, it, it then said $83. And I even said to Jake, uh-oh. Wow, Dad. Wow. I said it's $83. And I said something like, what are we getting for $83? How about that? And Jake's like, what did you order? I was like, 20 wings. <laughs> and it was 20 wings. Yeah, I don't understand how that's $83. 20 that's really, really ungratifying, unsatiating wings. Yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. It was not good. It's Monty, ridiculous. Monty, pay some dude, then maintain it thereafter, man. We did. 
we paid a guy to he, a guy came pulled all our weeds mulched all our beds cut Which all our grass amazing by the way it does look amazing and then we went out of town in the grass and it's rained a lot by the way and so the grass has just grown like a weed it's yeah. ridiculous yeah it is absolutely ridiculous. For $83, you got bent over without the lube or a reach around. <laughs> <laughs> we did. I'm going to dispute. I'm going to ask for a partial refund. It, the, it was so not good. Yeah. It was so not. And I'm generally the guy, if I have 10 wings, I'm eating 10 wings. And a ton of ranch. I left two of those wings there. Like, I only ate eight wings. And by the way, I also ordered all drums and didn't get all drums. Nope. Got flats too. Jerks. Jerks. James Knight says, Monty, pay some dude. I did. Ruff's official says, Eric C., whatever makes you think you're smart is all good. See, man, like why do you, Ruff, why do you come in here like this? If you're so angry, why don't you just stop watching the show, bro? Why don't you not show up anymore? Like I, I don't understand the people that come in the comment section and are like, hey, you're an idiot, you're a jagoff, like you're this, you're that, you're dumb, you're <laughs> what are you doing here? If you're if you're so angry, don't if you don't like the people here and you don't like our takes, that don't be here. I like nobody's forcing you, man. I really like but before you turned into a salty guy, you had really smart, intelligent takes. I like talking to you. I don't dodge you, I answer your comments, like, but you're just you're angry for whatever reason. Sometimes I think I just say shit. I don't say get what it. Comes out of my mouth. Um, talking with Raphael podcast says I order wings from trolley and got nothing but flats. Oh my god, that would be frustrating. I like how do you live life after just like? Do you know the trauma that would be caused by just getting flats? It'd be a problem. Can you eat? No, I don't think you can. No, I, I, you can't do that. No. Gordon Ramsay wouldn't even charge you that for a house for in-house service. I agree with that. All right. Okay. I feel better. I think that's everything we wanted to cover. Yeah, I think today. that's it today. I think that's it. We are. Oh, it's eight oh five. Yeah, that's definitely it. Jake's like, we gotta go. Yeah, we got things to do. Yeah. Yeah, we do. I gotta take the dogs to the vet today. Isn't that exciting? Not really. It's expensive. Uh, love you. Good. No, love you. Love you, Robbie. All right. Hit subscribe if you're here right now. Give us a thumbs up and a like. We appreciate that. Um, did I miss somebody? We got $7 in chat revenue today. Thank somebody you, did ask. Somebody asked what uh, Josh Martin said. What is the most realistic trade for Rudy? I still think it is the Toronto Raptors, by the way. By the way, yeah, if you, wanna, if you want your comment read and you want it highlighted, go ahead and hit the dollar symbol below in the chat. Donate whatever you like. We'll read your comments first. Absolutely. Ah, uh, oh, Tanner's showing up. Bro, the show's over. I mean, it's embarrassing. Yeah. It's honestly... It's, it's embarrassing. You yeah. know, the show's over, and you just want to roll into the comments at 8.05. You know the show's over. Yeah, there and you I go. I expect better, okay? I do. Tanner, where yeah. you been, buddy? Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.